You want to find your tribe of raving fans. And that's just what we're here to help you do. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 360 Media, where we help entrepreneurs build better businesses by not only sharing insights and candid conversations, but by nurturing our minds as well. Get ready to explore, plan, and showcase your business, because here we go. Here's your host, Chief Strategist of 360 Media and Educator at TacticalProgram.com, Justin Lamb. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Digging Deep, where I help business owners build better businesses. And today I'm being joined by a videographer, cinematographer, uh, storyteller, Stefan Van Mork from Lucid Visuals. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you very much for having me, Justin. Amazing. And so tell me uh, a little bit about sort of your business. You know, where did you start from? Yeah. So um, I was born and raised in the Netherlands. And that already gives a bit of context of my European uh, background. And I was first introduced to a video camera when I was on a holiday with my family. And I remember my dad was having this uh, big old, he had a, a beta cam at that time, even like a big cam. I don't know how he got it, but he was into technology at the time. And I had this idea, I had this Tasmanian devil shirt and his mouth was really open on the shirt. And I thought, how cool would it be if my dad took a shot of him going towards the mouth of Tasmanian devil? And then it turns black because the camera is literally against my shirt. And then we pick it up in a different location. And then he zooms out from my shirt. And I was, I think I was about 12 or 13 at the time. And I already could envision like, whoa, that would be so cool. It would be a camera trick. Um, and at that point, when I saw it actually work on the, when we watched it back, I was like, wow, this is really cool. I want to learn more about this medium and uh in all honesty i really fell in love with with uh the video and storytelling part of it in high school when um me and my friends just started making prank videos very silly stupid prank videos of us pranking uh the school and everyone around there and it kind of evolved from there oh that's super cute i mean I think it's uh, it's really neat. It really showcases the 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 fact that you really have that artistic element within you. It's embedded in you in your DNA. Not every videographer is like that. I can tell you that in general, I wasn't. Um, you know, when we had the production agency, um, you know, I was definitely not that artistic type. I'm a very huge technician. Uh, I am I like all the rules and then you know kind of stretching the boundaries a little bit of course yeah. then you know i rely on artists in our in our profession to do uh some of that magical work that you know really doesn't come from from somebody like me so you know tell me when did you you know take that craft and decide hey you know what uh i'm gonna go and try to do this for myself um you know and, and build a business out of it you know how did that journey begin were you working somewhere um you know and and how did you transition to where you are today yeah yeah for sure so i knew in high school that i wanted to do something with video i i wasn't sure what it was and i applied to a few schools and i got accepted into an art school for film and technology uh and that was a four-year degree and then in my third year I was traveling a lot at that time uh, I took a break from school but 
I was still in school and in my third year, it was time for an internship. And um, I, I heard about Vancouver, which was the Hollywood of the North. And I thought, wow, that would be, re I remember typing in Google images, Vancouver, Canada. And the first thing that came up was the skyline and the mountains behind it in Stanley Park. And I was like, wow, th this looks amazing. I want to do my internship there. Um, but I came from, from an art school, which was a lot like I, I wasn't really taught much on the technician side, if you will, like you were saying um that that uh, i didn't have much of that background it was a lot more about creating concepts and stories and a lot more abstract stuff on how you can visually convey ideas and um when i found a place to do my internship in vancouver that was the point where it clicked for me it was like whoa there is a way to actually make an impact and also um uh how would how would I say it? Sort of combine that creative abstractness with with very solid business structure, and I, so I came from of the very artistic side, and I did my internship with an agency in Vancouver, and it was all corporate stuff, like big corporations that had inter international presence, and we were doing internal videos for them uh, for training purposes. And um, it was the complete opposite side I saw from video. And it was like, it was really fascinating for me to kind of see that side. And I really enjoyed it. So eventually what happened is they offered me a full-time job uh, when I graduated. So I moved to Vancouver permanently to take the job in 2012. And then in the next five years, I kind of started just to hone my skills uh, mostly in in camera operation and editing, doing sort of more corporate video kind of stuff. And during that time, um, I had a real I had a lot of really cool opportunities to travel and make videos for these big corporations. But I I was I was missing that creative stint that I had when I was in high school or, or even just like passion projects on the side. I wanted to find a way where I could combine both the the creativity and the very technical side and and offer that to to people that that I um, that I resonated with. And so after about five years, I decided, okay, I, I was about 28 and I didn't have a, a wife, I didn't have any kids, I didn't even have a car, I think. Um, I thought if I ever gonna go on my own, now is probably a good time because I don't have much responsibilities. There's not much attachment going on. And so I took the, the leap of faith to start something on my own. And, and my vision was, I just wanna help like local small business owners to, uh, create marketing stories for them where we really combine sort of a, a more edgy creative approach with the technical side of, of good quality videos. That's awesome. And, and you know, in, in your story, there's so much to unpack. Um, you know, if, if we talk about the the first thing is, is where, where you're wanting to jump into, you know, a place uh, of business and, and such volatility, uh, especially in the early days of, of creating your business, you know, having uh, low attachments, you know, no wife, no kids, and that sort of stuff is really 
uh, it's really a godsend. And I think a lot of people who are maybe young and maybe listening to this, uh, what you have in front of you, if you are in that space, this is that opportunity, you know, to really go and make a jump and not have to have so much weighing on your shoulders. Because I think a lot of people who especially start businesses later, um, you know, especially in their life where they might have children and, and, and a wife and, you know, other responsibilities, it becomes really difficult because then you're weighing in risk versus reward and you get to then you end throttling, you know, what your potential could be if you played full out um, because you're trying to play a safety net and, you know, because obviously you have responsibility. So, you know, jumping on your own, that's really important. And I think that's, that's something that you and I share in common. Uh, I jumped in whole hog really early on uh, in my career as well. Uh, and, and having zero sort of, you know, overhead and liabilities really made, such a big impact uh, in the ability for us to accelerate. Uh, and because, you know, it's really at that point balls to the wall and, and you're going to give it absolutely everything you got without, you know, little reservation for anything around you. Uh, and, yeah. and you can focus your time and attention into something that you're, you're extremely passionate about. Right. Yeah. Now, now when you went in from, you know, the corporate world to artists, you know, sort of artistry, I think it's really valuable. And people who are listening to this, if you are a business and you're trying to find a videographer uh, who is able to not only sort of get the technical stuff down. And I mean, I think that's, that's at this point in, in a career of a videographer, if you're out there peddling yourself to a corporation, you should have your you know technical skills to a, a very acceptable point, but mm-hmm. the magic, you know, really happens with the artistry. And if you're looking for somebody who is just, you know, purely about numbers uh, and trying to be, you know, very firm on, you know, a, a set of, of quotes or estimates, you know, you're missing out on what the magic of video is. And what Stefan is sharing with you here is that artistry isn't innate to everybody. And having that vision and being able to see these things is truly valuable in the work that a videographer does. So it's really amazing that, you know, you come from finding your artistry early on in your career and then pairing that up with, you know, the business acumen and then the technical acumen, because you you can teach those two elements, but you can't teach artistry really. I mean, like mm-hmm. you kind of have it or you don't. I've seen lots of people who have, you know, great looking portfolios, but artistically speaking, they're, they're, you know, quite far from it they just have good technicals to take a solid picture but they can't create they can't they can't imagine and see something in advance of actually doing it and that's really where the magic is yeah and so yeah i love it a- and i think i think uh, if i can touch upon that a bit more for me that that's what fascinates me so much about video because you it, it's such a, a blended medium where it's a it's it's really a a collaboration be, between whoever is in front of the camera and whoever is behind the camera, and so you could have um, one one say one talent, so one person who's in front of the camera doing the same type of video and get it done by say ten different videographers. You're gonna get ten completely different videos because that that style of each videographer can be very different where, and at the same time, if you have the same videographer making a video for 10 different people, those 
videos are also going to be completely different because it all also really depends on who's in front of the camera and what do they show up with. So for me, it's always about really finding that perfect blend. Um, and, and if you're a business owner thinking about doing video specifically where there's someone in, hosting in front of the camera, um, I think it's really important to find someone that, that you resonate with in terms of their style. So that because it really becomes this blended piece of art, if you will, if 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 there's someone that you um, that you feel has a has a really nice cinematic style, but the the personalities just don't really jive. I think it, it's gonna it's gonna show in the in the in the end result. Yeah, you totally totally hit that. I think. Um, a lot of people window shop and and much like, you know, when they're shopping for shoes or whatever, they see this pair of shoes in the window and they go, oh my God, this is beautiful. I totally want, want to wear it until they get it on their feet. And then they look and go, ooh, don't look good in these shoes. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, that's the same for picking out any artists or, or vendor that you're working with. Um, you might like their work that they present with people, but you have to realize that there's some some semblance and blending of brands, right? You know, whomever they're working with and then their own brand. And, you know, if they're synergistic, then you get magic. But when they're opposing and they're not really fitting your brand or aesthetic, then it doesn't translate the same. And so even though you might be, you know, uh, a very regimented, uh, you know, a business owner and you want, you know, systems and specifics, uh, and, but you really like the artistry of, of a vendor that might not mix because, you know, they, the, the artist needs freedom and time to think. Um, mm -hmm. and, and if you are rushing or you're pushing an artist, um, you know, you start to shut them down, you know, you start to redirect the blood flow, so to speak. I mean, this is physiological, but under stress, you're going to lose the IQ of the artist. Uh, anybody yeah. who's under stress loses almost 50% of that IQ. Um, so, you know, if you're like, oh, you know, we need to do this quickly the artists will only be able to do so much and they won't be able to give you their full potential because you're, you're not expecting that timeline to be longer than it is. And so, you know, everybody has a, a working schedule, a working rhythm that, that really helps them, you know, undulate and, and get, you know, the best work possible. So, you know, sometimes it's a little bit longer on the edit because they need time to sit back, watch it, take it in, reflect upon it, and then go back into the edit. Uh, and then some people just hammer those things out and don't look a second, you know, don't take a second glance to it. Um, yeah. But, you know, so everybody's a little bit different that way. For sure. Now, so tell me a little bit, do you have any inspirations in terms of artists and stuff like that you, that you like or any filmmakers that you kind of idolize and say, you know, I really like this, this, this individual? Yeah. Um, it's definitely been a, a few names that uh, that come up especially when i first sort of started my own business i was looking up to people like um uh casey neistat and uh peter mckinnon and sort of those big youtuber names that were doing things a little differently um and then uh, the interesting thing is i have to say in all honesty i'm I'm almost more interested now in sort of the, the the business side of creativity than the actual creation of it. Because as I went on in my career, I, I realized, well, I've just created a job for myself now, but I'm, but there's just, you know, they're meeting all these business owners that I'm doing these videos for. I'm learning about how they run their business. And I'm like, whoa, 
there's so much potential if, if I do things a little differently in my business. And um, so I've, I've, if I have to think about inspiration sources that I'm, that I'm really inspired by now, um, it would be one name that comes up is Chris Dole. I don't know if you've heard yeah, him, from but the he's future, big yeah. in the, yeah, the future. Mm-hmm. He's big in the branding and uh, used to run a big agency himself. And now he's all about online education uh, for creatives on how to run the business. Um, and another person that's been in my life for a while is James Wetmore, who is not necessarily um, uh, has anything to do with video in specifics but he's really about uh sort of bringing almost uh, a sense of spirituality in business and this guy is running like a uh almost an eight-figure meal uh eight-figure business uh, a year with his concept so it's it's a big blend of different sources of inspiration cool and so let's talk about youtube for a second now like you have the name for youtube stefan van morick come on like it's a such a a beautiful name and, and it's so <laughs> it's so special yeah uh, and, and and you know for those people who are listening to podcasts you can't see i can see but he's a handsome dude um so oh. you know like why why didn't you choose to do youtube i mean youtube is such a uh, back especially when you started youtube became such a big thing and and it rose to stardom really quickly uh and and being able to sort of flex you know, your creative muscle. Did you ever explore it? You know, what did you think about it? Um, or, or did you not explore it? You know, share a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. I, I tried it a little bit. And I, I was at that time, I was just simply lacking the consistency. I think YouTube is such an amazing platform with with many opportunities. Um, if you have a personality that that is committed and disciplined then that platform is great because it it, it takes a long time it's a long-term strategy um and it, it's really neat to sh- to see i've i've i followed a few people and even they kind of switched their career during their youtube time but they're still making they're still using youtube as that platform um so it's it's been something that I've weighed out and just for my particular lifestyle, it didn't really work out yet. Uh, I, I might do at some point. I'm in the process of renovating an RV and kind of living that digital nomad lifestyle is, is coming up. So who knows? Maybe there will be a vlog at some point. But I really enjoyed the the uh, in-person interactions that I've had with, with my clients in Lucid Visuals. And I thought... I don't want to put too much on my shoulders. And if 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 I were to do YouTube, it's something that I want to cons- uh, do seriously and consistently. And so I, I didn't make the time available to actually do that yet. Well, that's a really good answer. I mean, and, and I think you have really good management of yourself. And I think um, it's really easy for people wanting to, to get onto something because it's trendy and because they think it's going to make quick buck or big, quick turnaround um but you know what you what you're saying here is is really key and any social platform uh or anything uh in a medium sort of format uh you need consistency consistency is really the key to things um you know you watch seasons of house or you watch seasons of friends um and you know if you're a single season 
<laughs> programming show, you really aren't going to get that traction. It's not like it just continues to build on itself after you finish a single season. So you continue to have to make content and it is demanding. I think, especially with filmmaking, it's demanding and mm. people have higher and higher expectations because people on YouTube are just doing such a great job. So you know, the fact that you're able to look at yourself objectively and say, hey, you know, um, this doesn't fit in my wheelhouse at this moment because, you know, I don't want to don't want to commit to something that I can't handle for the long term. That's really smart. Uh, and it's a really great way to look at it. So, um, you know, good for you for doing so now. Yeah, you, thanks. So, so now with an RV, let's <laughs> talk about the RV. Yeah. You know, when, the when did that come deal. around and why did you, why, why did you want to go that route? I mean, it's, it's the latest rage, but I'm like now super interested in this RV with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is awesome. So actually I, I did live in a, in a camper van for a little bit in uh, 2014 in the, in the summer. Um, I had this old camper van. I, I was just really exploring at the time uh, what what that lifestyle looked like. And it, it, it was just, it was such a cool feeling to be able to drive somewhere and have everything that you own with you, or at least everything that you need. Um, but then I went back and, and I felt like I needed to have a, a stable place to run my business and kind of build my family. Uh, and um so i landed in north vancouver and did that and then after i maybe it's the the five people have the seven year itch is that the number yeah. but with me i guess it's the five after five years they're like oh i'm ready for something new um i've been watching all these people on youtube renovating rvs and it, it just looked so amazing uh, uh the spaces look awesome the lifestyle looks fantastic so um the camper van that I had was was parked at a friend's place in uh, South Langley. And one day I came over with the intention of cleaning my camper van to get it ready to sell. Uh, Cause I, I wasn't really using it that much. And he found another RV that was standing there. I was like, well, what, 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 what's this thing doing here? Show me around. It's like, Oh, I don't know if you want to look inside. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. And so I did a little tour and it, it turned out there were some people that completely abused the thing. It was the windows were broken and it was just not, uh, not a good place to be in, but it was, and I'm like, are you selling this? And he's like, no, I haven't even put it on, on, uh, the marketplace. Cause I, I, I don't know if people even want to buy this. And I, I could see kind of through the mess, uh, the potential that it had. And uh, luckily, my my fiance is uh, was excited about the idea of doing something completely different too. Because initially, we our big project for this year was going to be our wedding, but we decided due to the pandemic to kind of uh, postpone it a little bit. And so we figured, well, this could be a really cool project instead of that to kind of focus on together. And uh, yeah, now we're we're working a lot more with our hands. And I have to say, you're probably used to this as well. When when you're in media and marketing and all this digital content, it's so it's great, but it's all very intangible. Like you could never you could never hold it what you've created. You can hold your laptop that you watch it on, or your, or your phone or your computer, but it's never you know you can never smell it. And that's what I really love about this completely different project where 
you know, you can smell the wood, you can smell everything that's going on there. And it's, it's such a more tangible type of thing because you're now you're working with your hands. And I just, I really love the balance that we have between um, the, the, the digital side that that's our work and where, where we generate income from. And then the, the craft side where it's really working with your hands, making stuff that you can actually touch and smell and look at. Yeah. There's something to, 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 to be said about tactile, um, you know, sensation. Like when you're, you're smelling that wood, the feeling of, of it, you know, uh, and the satisfaction of, you know, that physical labor and, you know, you're, you're working your body and getting your exercise and blood's pumping and, you know, you got tunes going, whatever, while you're doing the renovation, oh, like yeah. it's really just a, a release. And I think, you know, uh, it was funny because I was talking with another person a little while back um, and we talked about whether or not, um, you know, a person, you know, when they're under stress, uh, nowadays, you know, they don't get time to release their stress, right? Um, they're, they're kind of held in that stress state. And one of the ways to release stress is really physical activity uh, to close that stress loop. And, you know, that's a really also a great output to, to do that. You know, you can get lost by, you know, whether it's building a new shelf or a deck or whatever um, inside the inside totally. the camper, right? And and I, I think the biggest thing I love about it is it's such a big learning curve. And you you learn so much about yourself, really, because and you probably know because you've been in the industry for 20 years or plus. So if you've been doing the same thing for so long, it, it, there's it, it gets more challenging to get challenged within what's going on in the industry. And so when you step into something completely different, uh, the simplest thing could could turn into like the 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 biggest problem. And it's just really rewarding to get such um, uh, a learning curve again of like, oh, we're one step further and one step further. It, it, it's really fun. And I think that's maybe that's something I was lacking in, in my business doing video. I've been doing since two, 2012, I've been doing professional video content. And it was like, um, uh, I, I wasn't really challenged by it anymore. And I think this RV project really helped me to challenge myself on a different, in, in a different capacity. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, challenges are everywhere. And so I'm going to transition that to challenges in business. Now, challenges <laughs> in business nowadays is really standing out in the market. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and with that, you know, um, what are some things that you can share uh, to, to people who are listening uh, on how video can overcome some of those challenges? Oh, uh, we could do a whole new episode on this, uh, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll graze on the top two. What are two, two absolutely like critical things that video can really help overcome for a business owner? Nice. In your opinion. Your yeah, opinion. in my opinion. And I can only speak on the type of videos that we create for Lucid Visuals, which is really personality-based. So uh, we work a lot with personal brands. Um, and I think what video can really help overcome is the um, challenge of building trust and credibility with a big audience in a, in a, in a sort of in a efficient and effective way a lot of personal brands rely on on um, networking and referrals and it's all about relationships because ultimately 
And I, just to use an example, uh, we do a lot of work with realtors. There's so many realtors out there. The only reason that some people choose one realtor over the other is based on their personality. They just vibe more with that person than the other. And they're like, I like this person. Let's, let's do this because they all offer the same service. And so I think video is such a unique and probably most effective platform to showcase your personality uh, in the, in the most effective way possible. And, um, um, I don't know where we were going with this. I have to, what do Top I do? Two, Top two, two. So, okay. Two. So one more, one credibility more. or trust, <laughs> I guess, trust. And then what, what, what would be do for the second one? I think the second thing, and again, I can only speak for the type of videos we create, but it's also personal growth because a lot of the people we work with initially, they're shy and scared of being in front of the camera. They have all these limiting beliefs about themselves. And, and it's really cool to see people progress and, and go from, oh, I'm horrible in front of the camera. I don't like the way I look or sound to like, you know, that, that was, that was pretty good. I'm really excited about this one. And, and and to see when people publish a video and all the little things that they were worried about kind of fade away as soon as people are like, oh, this is so cool to see you on camera. And uh, it's really neat to see sort of the personal growth that people go through as they start to show up in front of the camera more often. Yeah, I think when people um, are so self-conscious of themselves, like they see, you know, whatever, let's just say they see a mole and they see that mole absolutely every single day. So that mole all of a sudden looks like this gigantic hole <laughs> on the front of their face. Uh, but in reality, other people don't even see it, don't even notice it. I mean, sometimes if you removed it, you wouldn't, you, nobody would even notice and blink an eye, but you see it. Um, and when that happens, you get that fear stricken. It's like, oh, people are going to judge me or are going to say this, like my double chin and you're like, you don't have a double chin. Yeah, you, know, like you have a double chin only if you pu pull it in so tight and you can't, uh, you know, pull your neck in any farther. But I mean, other than that, you don't have one, but they see it. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's really quite satisfying. It must be at least for you um, when you're working with these people and, you know, they're getting these comments and like, I love it. I love it. And they don't, nobody comments about that double chin. Um, mm -hmm. And, and <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but it's such a relief for those people. Like you break the wall, but then after that, it's neat because you watch these people and they start to morph, right? They sort of evolve into a butterfly. And it's like, you know, out of that very first initial, like I'm scared. And then they're like, okay, when we're going to do the next video. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, that's a, it's really a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, and uh, seeing their, I think it's it's the, seeing that confidence and self esteem grow through through something that you thought is that how you can build your self esteem. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a really cool feeling. Now, I am curious. So, you know, why did you name your company Lucid Visuals? Yeah, great question, Justin. It's like you ask questions for a living. Um, I uh, I was back in art school. Uh, my my um, I don't even know what what you would call it in English. The the final project that you kind of uh, get graduated on was a, a film I created, and I was really big into lucid dreaming at the time, which is like a dream where all of a sudden you realize that you're actually dreaming, 
and in reality you're sleeping in your bed but you're consciously awake in your dream I, and i i was really into that and i thought it was such a fascinating concept and it was i looked it up that like lucid is a a synonym for um enlightenment and um and i thought that's kind of what i what i'd like to achieve with my videos is, is not just to 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 convey a certain key message to your audience but it you really want to inspire and enlighten people by watching by watching a video like it can be so much more than just a a, a boring talking at video it could you could really invoke emotions with with video content if it's done in a certain way and i thought if i ever create a business the the word lucid should be in there and then unfortunately when i went to small business bc lucid videos was already taken uh somehow i couldn't even find the company but i couldn't take it so i i went a bit broader and and, and turned it into lucid visuals yeah excellent yeah I, i totally understand how that uh that name being taken, uh, it really irks you. <laughs> We've had it's another challenge. <laughs> it is such a challenge. And, you know, for those people who are listening, if you're on the fence and you're building a business, go get the name checked before you go and decide, uh, you know, what your business is going to be. Because, you know, totally. sometimes you get a surprise. We've had more than, I, I mean, for our businesses, um, I've had a couple of surprises where, like, somebody actually has the name for this. Oh, shit. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and actually, uh, like uh, one that's one of the earlier business lessons I learned uh, is so uh, I forgot who who said this, but someone was saying try to if if think about what you want to where you want to get with your business, and if you want to grow it beyond just yourself, try to take your name out of it because once you put your name in your business, it really becomes your brand, which is great if you're a personal brand and. And you're always going to be the face of it. But I knew at some point, um, I would like to work with other people. And I don't know where I'm going to be in 10 years after creating this business. So I didn't want to have it to be like Stefan's media production or whatever. Um, that was a cool lesson I learned quite early on to, to, to think about where do you, where do you see the self going and and try to come up with a name that allows you to grow into that position. Yeah, absolutely. I learned that lesson very early on as well. So we, when we branded 360 Media, um, we did it really early on. So I, I didn't start off as Justin Land Photography or anything. We started straight off as 360. Nice. Um, and we, you know, we had a lot of people ask us questions about that, but at the end of the day, uh, I already knew that I wanted to grow it be, above and beyond myself. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's a great lesson for anybody who is out to do it. I mean, it's just like if you're going to a dentist and you're going to like whatever, James, you know, James something, DDS, you go there and you expect to see James, right? Yeah, so when you don't yeah. see James, you get upset about it, right? Um, but when you're at like Lucid Visuals, you might be a primary there or you might be one of the touch points, but then they don't have the same expectations that they're going to have only Stefan. And, you know, that means that you have flexibility to move, you know, around in, in the different departments and have different touch points instead. Yeah, and that's actually, and I don't know if we have time for this, but I'd love to spin that question to you, because I'm at the point where I have a few freelancers uh, now working, working for me. And I'm still doubt, I still find it a challenge sometimes to, to, um, 
send those people to projects, even though I've been communicating with the client for, for so long, they, and I don't, maybe this is just in between my ears, but I'd love to know from your side, how was it for you when you went from say just your own, uh, you yourself as the photographer, videographer to now sending other people on your behalf and what were some of the mental challenges that you have had to overcome? Cause I'm always like, Oh, these people are expecting me. They're expecting this type of standard. And it is really difficult to grow as a creative, as a business, uh, because people might have a certain expectation of what they're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in the early part for 360, when I first brought on some team members, I had a, a particular training program that they had to complete. Uh, and they would make sure that I had an average. Um, so what I did early on is uh, I didn't shoot at my best, best, like, you know, as a creative, as a person, you can put like 100% or you can put like a little bit under 70, 75 I always shot around the 70, 75% because I knew that my, my goal was to scale. And so if I gave it 100% and I gave my 100% unique advantage to something, um, I would then start to pigeonhole myself as that person who is good at that one thing, mm -hmm. which is good if you wanted a personal brand. But because I wanted to scale, I pulled it back and I shot around the 70, 75 mark. Uh, and then I put systems in place where I would train people or, or they would have to go through a series of tests to make sure that they could at least deliver at that level. And at that level, that I would be comfortable to let them go out. So um, even people who were veterans at the time, they would have to come in. They would have to go through that system in order right. for me to say, yeah, go ahead, go out and do, do our thing. From a client's perspective, um, it meant that I had some level of quality control. And that allowed them to feel a little bit more comfortable. And we were upfront about it. I, I would tell them upfront is like, the day that you sign, you'll know who it is you're going to get. But it's not always going to be me. Um, and so, you know, that was set up... Uh, upfront. And I think if you set the expectations upfront, um, they're less sort of volatile about, you know, what that looks like. Now, yeah. on the other hand, um, for the wedding division that we have at Mapbox Memories, um, I actually allocate a part of the budget uh, to have our primary person uh, who's going to shoot that wedding spend time with them. So I might mm. do the consult or my team member might do the consult, but we actually allocate a budget for that photographer to take them out for a meal get to know them a little bit more so that they bridge that comfort zone before the wedding day. Uh, totally. And that made it really uh, a good transition for both parties, right? For both the creative who just wants some time to understand what they're, they're going to be in for um, more than the brief and then be able to go and then transition into the day of, uh, and still have that level of connection that, you know, they felt that, you know, whether we're working with 360 or Mapbox, that they felt in tuned and still in line with the team and that they understood that the team works as a whole uh, and that no matter what at the background, they would always have me somewhere along the way where, you know, I might be touching base with them. I might have a, a hello or, you know, I might, you know, peek in on a session or whatever uh, and say hi, that sort of stuff. And, you know, that made a, a fairly easy bridge uh, for most people. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think that that's definitely something I'm, I'm I'm walking up to nowadays, where I'm I'm definitely more involved in sort of the pre-production, the strategic approach, and coming up with the, the script and all that. And so you build a relationship with the client, and then when when production time hits, it's like, oh, you you're not going to be there. 
And it's like, uh, yeah, I can, but ideally we'd have someone uh, who might even be more skilled than me go go out there and do the job. But the it's, um, yeah, I think it's about building that relationship a, a bit before the production. I like that. Yeah. Thanks and and one of the core values that we have here at 360 is about being transparent and highly communicative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, that was, that, that's been maintained throughout. So, so when we make a decision on what we're going to do to build that, um, we really do think about where that's going to go and why that should exist. Um, so you take a look at your own core values and what that stands for, right? Um, at one point, I used to answer all the emails. And one of the first things I did was transition, put an intermediary in between. So we have a central coordinator that now receives most of our um uh, contact and she'll be the first one to say hello and whatnot. So then it removes me a little bit more out of the picture at first. Yeah. Uh, and so that, you know, I can, it can show that there's layers and when there's layers, people feel a little bit more comfortable um, that they're not just dealing with one and I'm not dumping them like a hot potato. So yeah. really just take a look at what you stand for um, and you know, what you want to bring into your work environment. I think that's a big part of how you develop the culture that culture piece of, you know, what does your client experience that resonates with you? What is your secret sauce? And how can you maintain that um, as you put the different layers in place? Love it. Yeah. Um, So in lieu of time, and we might just have to pick up another day on another (laughs) podcast here. If everybody likes this, if you like this, you know, you got to hit up me or Stefan and tell us on Instagram, um, you know, whether you like this podcast or not, um, or, or leave comments for us, you know, cause if you want them back, you know, you gotta let us know. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I think he's got a wealth of knowledge to, to share with you guys, especially in the video, uh, and, and creativity realm. But for the sake of time, I'm going to ask, uh, Stefan, what is a resource or a book that you might have, uh, come across that has deeply impacted your journey up to date? Yes, I love that question. And it's the I'm actually reading it again. And I don't read I sh- I should read books multiple times. But this one uh, had, had such an impact to me that I want to read it again. It's The Big Leap by uh, Gay Hendricks. Cool. Excellent. And it's have you heard of this book? Yes, I've heard of the book. I haven't read yeah. it yet. But I, I have. Okay, I'm going to add that to my list. Nice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really fascinating. It's about the upper limit problem that at, at one point, we get to a certain state, uh, whether it's success or happiness, where somehow, uh, subconsciously, we're like, this is the limit that we have, and we can't go any further. So we somehow come up with some internal dialogue that brings us back down again. And it's about how do we overcome that so that we can keep growing. Mm, definitely gonna have to check that one out because I think uh, you know everybody doesn't matter who you are whether it's somebody like me who's helping coach people um, or or any business owner there the ceiling is only in our heads um, and and only rooted in the our deepest fears um, so whether that's a fear of being judged fear of not being loved whatever that might be they're rooted in our fears uh, and, and so that that's gonna be a good book I think I'm gonna pick that one up and uh, add that to enjoy my list it. before the end of the year so you know, yeah we might have to we might have to have a discussion about the book itself Ooh, <laughs> that start a book fun. club <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, so for those people who might want to reach out to you uh, find out a little bit more about what you do and maybe uh, you know reach out and, and work with you how are they gonna find you yeah, so we're on Instagram at lucidvisuals.ca. That's also our website. And uh, if if you want to send me an email, you can do that too to Stefan. That's S-T-E-F-A-N 
at lucidvisuals.ca. Awesome. And for those people who are reading uh, the the podcast description. I'll link those into the description. Uh, feel free to reach out to Stefan. Stefan's a wonderful individual. He's got some creative stuff. I watched his last video that, uh, or one of his videos that he did for himself as an introduction. And it's brilliant. It's so cute. Um, and, and I think you guys will find value and you'll see, you know, where the creative juices and, and the love for his craft really come from. So, but thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Stefan, and hope you had a good time. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you, Justin, for the opportunity. It was really nice chatting with you, and uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll see you again. Awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you all next week. We want to thank you for listening to the Digging Deep Podcast with 360 Media. Your time is valuable, and we're deeply humbled that you are spending this time with us. We'd love to connect with you. Find us on Instagram at 360photo and at Tactical Titans. You can also email us. We want to make this channel great, something you enjoy and find tons of value in. Send us your insights to info at 360photo.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us reach more listeners. As always, tune in next week as we dig deeper into business and marketing.